So we're starting with the song by Yishai Ribo of Sibat Sibot. This is a song that's just a couple of years old. And uh, Yishai Ribo, if you're not familiar with him, some people... In Israel, he's very popular, so uh, pretty much everybody is, uh, is aware of him and, uh, and is uh, well acquainted with his music. His music is on the regular radio stations all the time there, but that's common in Israel that you'll have a mix even on non-religious radio stations of music that's of a religious nature with religious themes, and then you'll have secular music, and then you'll have secular artists that uh, sing music of a religious character and, uh, and vice versa. So it's, it's much more fluid than here, where most of the time, if you have a religious singer, uh, Jewish singers, they stick to the Jewish music and, uh, and, and religious themes and, you know, I guess gospel singers or whatever, you know, in, in other religions. Similarly, they stick to their, their genre of music. In Israel, it's a little more fluid. So Yishai Ribo is, is basically sings religious music. He's of a Sephardic uh, background. I, I'm guessing Moroccan from his last name. Um, and uh, definitely North African. And so all of his music has religious themes. But he's not a yeshivish. Uh, he's not from like the Haredi sector. He's more from the national religious. So he's more like what we would, what we would call in, in America like modern Orthodox uh, uh, orientation, even though they don't translate perfectly, those those divisions that we have here don't translate perfectly there, but something like that. So his Sibat uh, Sibot, he wrote it. Uh, he's actually a really, really gifted uh, songwriter, and I and that's what I hope that we'll be able to learn from seeing the uh, seeing the song. I really love this song, not just because it's upbeat and uh, and and has uh, a great uh, you know has a great tune, but also because the meaning behind it and the artistry in the song is is really impressive. And I hope you'll come to see that as we work our way through it. Um, he has a very sort of a sweet voice. It's not a very loud like or. A, you know, operatic or anything like that. A very, uh, you know, s- sort of understated voice. And a lot of times his music is very understated. It's very simple, but it has deep message. You know, he is able to incorporate deep messages into it. And a lot of um, references to ideas in Tanakh or ideas in Midrash or ideas in Talmud, uh, he's able to weave into his songs. It's really, um, uh, so it'll be a great journey to, to unpack it. Um, he wrote this song, it happens to be right after the pandemic ended. And his objective in writing the song, so he says, you know, I saw some articles about it, uh, was to present what he felt were some of the lessons that could be learned from the experience of lockdown and the pandemic and so on. So that's part of the uh, impetus behind the song. But like with any piece of art, the reason behind the song might have... Uh, moved the artist to create it, but then it kind of stands on its own and it's not dependent upon the circumstance to be understood. We can understand it independently of uh, the inspiration that, that brought him to, to, to write it. So, Sibata Sibot means the cause of causes. And this is a term right off the bat that really is used mainly in philosophical literature of Judaism. Philosophical literature of Judaism and in Kabbalistic literature in Kabbalah to refer to Hashem. Sibata Sibot Ilata Ilot that he keeps repeating again and again. So if you've ever opened up the Sidur to the very beginning of the Sidur and seen Patach Eliyahu, that's one of the things that it says that you are Ilata Ilot Vesibata Sibot. And also in Hatarat Nidarim that we do, that's coming up very soon, we're going to see that we mention Hashem is Sibata Sibot and Ilata Ilot. It's mentioned both in 
uh, Kabbalistic literature as well as in philosophical literature about Judaism, it means that Hashem is the cause of everything that exists. Okay? Hashem is responsible for all of existence. The idea that uh, behind everything is Hashem's will, Hashem's wisdom, and, and nothing else. So whatever might seem to be uh, the cause, Hashem is sibata sibot. He's the cause of the causes. He's the one who's really ultimately behind it. That's the idea. That's the, the title of the song. Okay? But let's take a look at what Yishai Rebo does with that idea. So first of all, like I mentioned, that's an idea that uh, a Sephardic person will immediately recognize as being from Patach Eliyahu or being from Hatat Nidarim. It's a term that somebody who studies Jewish philosophy will recognize because it's a term that's used to describe Hashem a lot because we can't really say much about Hashem, as you know, uh, about Hashem himself. He's beyond our understanding, so we refer to him in terms of what he caused. We call him the cause of causes, Sibat Sibot. Now, what is the... And, and we're just going to take this paragraph by paragraph. And I hope that you'll come. And, and the idea is that afterwards, when we listen to the song again, you'll be able to see in it things that you didn't see before. So we sent around the lyrics, but I'm going to read them to you anyway. Okay? That's the beginning of the song. Already you see some of the artistry of Yishai Rebo in this. What does that sound like to you? What does it sound like? Right? He's already tying that in, right? So he's already has a reference to the tefillah. Tashiv biatoch. But what else does ruach mean besides wind? I translated it on purpose as wind because I didn't want to give it away. Right, it means like spirit, spirits, right? Spirit, ruach. Tashiv biatoch, move the spirit in me or restore to me my spirit. Because lashiv can mean to blow, the wind can blow. We use that term, mashiv ruach, right? But we also use the word, lashiv is to restore. Okay? Tashiv bi etawach. Return to me the spirit. But he's obviously making a reference. And I want you to keep in mind that mashiv awachumori the geshem because you're going to see. Torid mi meni etegeshem. Now, torid means to bring down, right? So when we say mashiv awachumori the geshem, we mean Hashem causes the wind to blow and he brings down the rain. Okay? But leorid mi meni in modern Hebrew has a different meaning. It has a different connotation. Leorid mi meni means take it off of me. Okay? Lorid me many means get it off of me. So, torid me many at the geshem. Geshem is gashmiut also. Right? Gashmiut is physicality. So he's playing on this idea that ruach can mean wind, but it can also mean spirit. Geshem can mean rain, but it also has the connotation of gashmiut, of bodiliness or physicality or Right? So, gashmiut, materialism, whatever it is. So, he, but he, uh, keep that in the back of your head for a second, okay? Hayali yam zman lanuach. You'll notice that every line here is really crafted. So, yam zman. What is a yam? Who knows what is the yam? The sea or the ocean. I had an ocean of time to rest. He's talking about during the pandemic, like I mentioned before. He said he wrote this after the pandemic as we were coming out of the time of the lockdowns and everything. I had an ocean of time to rest. So what is that? What, what theme is he still continuing over there? Water, weather, right? Because he talked about, now he's using that metaphor to refer to, because we'll say there are oceans are expanses. You know, there's a lot. There's an ocean's worth means there's a lot. So, 
I basically became used to it. And he's talking about how we kind of became used to being isolated during the time of the pandemic. Things, everything was closed. People were staying home. There were lockdowns. In Israel, they really enforce the lockdowns. You know, they call you at home. And if you're not there, they like send the police to your house. So it's, um, yeah, it's like they, they, it was very, it was very strictly enforced. So, and he's talking from that perspective. So we all kind of got used to this idea that we don't go out, we don't go around, we don't have social events, we don't, that, that happened during that period of time, right? There was a lot of time to step back and kind of reflect. But what is that? So he's saying that kind of restored the soul to a certain extent, took away the physicality from the people. Because all the physical things that normally we occupied ourselves with were taken away and we were kind of left to ourselves to reflect and to think and to hopefully increase the quality of life rather than fill it with stuff that we normally do. Okay, but he's going to build on that theme. In the open expanse, meaning when we go out, when we, when we came out again, now we see the sun. So what did he just do there? We see on the, on the, the ofek is the um, horizon, right? We see the sun. What did he just do there? What, what, what happened in the lines, guys? Come on, we have to, be po- we have to put on our poetry hats for songs. What, what, our literary hats. What did he just do? But what, what's, the th- what's his, what metaphors is he, is he juggling here? Metaphors of? Weather, right? So he was talking about rain, talking about ocean. That's also evokes, you know, nature, rain, weather. And now he's talking about the sun. You kind of imagine, you know, coming out into this, I don't know, onto these hills or field. And his, the music video is actually very good, you know. It's just like, because all of these images are, are brought out in, in that too. That I have no doubt that in the end the way will become clear. So you see, clarity, when you think of weather, right? The skies are clear. When the skies aren't clear, that's rains and wind and clouds that he talked about in the beginning. Now he's talking about coming out and seeing the sun and the way will become clear. So he's using, he's playing with this weather metaphor, but he's using the weather metaphor to mean what? Not yet. He didn't get to that yet, but close. The spiritual, right, on the spiritual realm, right? He's talking about it as I got rid of my physicality, my attachment to the physical things. I reflected. I had an ocean of time and like, I think in the music video, he's like sitting out in the, like you just see like the, right, he's like floating on the water, right? So like that brings home that image, right? So in, in, in that image, he says, in the end, then I see the sun on the horizon. That's like obviously coming out of, uh, you know, feeling that you can now emerge again. And now things will become clear to us, meaning that somehow this period of time of reflection will lead to clarity, okay? Just like after the clouds and rain comes the sun. Right? So it's a, a, so what is really the idea that is at the core of the song where we're going to see? Then he says, So in the first one, he says, Open for us gates of faith, gates of understanding. Okay? And in the, in the second section, he again says, So we're going to get to that in a second. But in both cases, he's talking about opening gates of faith and of understanding that what? She'en lanu melech. And then this is the chorus that everyone dances to, right? En lanu melech. 
We have no king. That you are the cause of causes, the reason for all reasons, too awesome to praise, right? Only to you should we thank for all the days and all the nights. What is he saying became clear during the lockdown? There is one God. The, not just that there's Hashem, but what about us in relation to Hashem? What in relation, like, ha- that's, because he's talking about how it changed his perspective on himself, right? The connection. The collection of his soul. That everything happens for a reason. Yes, but even more than that. He gave That's definitely here. That's definitely here. And then? That's definitely here too, but I think there's even a further step. I think it's that he's the source. Right, and that who's not? We're not. We're not, we're not in control. Right? He's saying we really learn that we're not in control. Right? That's, that's really the, the main point, that we're really not in control. We recognize that really Hashem is the one in control during this time because we felt, we had this illusion that we were at the center of everything and then all of a sudden we were helpless and not able to exert the kind of control over our lives and our destiny and to impose our own purpose and agenda on things the way that we were before. Everything kind of fell by the wayside and we were all isolated to reflect on that. Who is ultimately in charge, right? That's what it means. You are the cause of causes. You are beyond our, we can't, you're beyond our ability to praise and we should thank you for everything that we have feeling a sense of gratitude for the blessings that we do have. In other words, stepping back from trying to control everything because when we're in that environment and we feel that we're the masters of the environment, but when all of a sudden we're isolated and we had to, we had to withdraw, then we really reflect on what are the true causes of things and where do things really come from and that they come from Hashem, okay? And that was, I think he actually even said that in the article, that that was like the, that was one of his inspirations for writing the song, the idea that we really have to recognize that we're not the ones in control of the world. I'm unpacking the details that he didn't explain, but, uh, but, I, but I think fit in with that picture, okay? Now, I want you to take a look at the next paragraph, and you will see if my thesis for explaining the meaning of the song is correct or not, okay? What does he now talk about? Yatsanu mi tevat ha-noach. We came out of Noach's teva, Noach's ark, right? The, no- the ark of Noah. El into a different existence, right? The world really felt like it changed. It was a different world when we came out of that period of isolation. Now, what is the first thing you think about when you think of Tevat Noach? Probably. Flooding and rain, right? So see how he's going back to that same, that same theme of rain, right? The same idea of rain and the idea of being isolated, obviously Tevat Noach. Imagine Noach all that time being cramped up in that Teva. What is he really thinking about? Who is really the master of the universe right now? Who's re- it's not him because he's helpless, isolated in the Teva. And even in Tehilim, what does David HaMelech say? Hashem la mabul yashav. Right? You, you think you're the king, but if you want to know who's the real king, when there was nothing else, Hashem la mabul yashav. Hashem was still sitting as king. Sitting, of course, is a metaphor when we describe God, but the idea is Hashem was king most obviously during the Mabul because during the flood when everything was wiped away, he was the master of everything and no one else could claim to exert any control, certainly not Noah who was totally sealed off in the Teva. So he's using again 
that theme. And I think it's beautiful because not only does it connect to the water theme, the theme of ocean, that he's in a boat, the theme of, uh, the theme of rain, but also the theme of God's absolute mastery. Because what does the Mabul show you? We read it every Shabbat. We read Mizmor Le David. Right? Hashem la Mabul Yashav. Vayesh Hashem Melech Le'olam. Hashem is the eternal king. Hashem la Mabul Yashav. Okay? So that's... And, and what else happens, by the way, at the end of the story of Noach? Actually, before I get that, I want to jump in. Now, what does he say here? Lifdot et asirea koach ulchudei hareshet. So lifdot means to redeem. Asirea koach, he's very, very subtle here. He's very clever. I love his songwriting actually because of that. Okay? Asirea koach would normally mean people who are prisoners because others have power over them. An asir is a prisoner. Okay? So normally would you would say like... Um, uh, you know, you would think asirei koach means someone who is subject to the power of somebody else. But from the theme of the song, what is he really saying that we are subject to? Really Hashem, but we believe that we're in control. Right? We're asirei koach to our own. We're, we're prisoners of our own illusion that we're in control. That's what he's saying. Asirei koach ul reshet. And the people caught in the net... Now, reshet obviously can, again, be something that fishermen use to pull fish out of the sea and therefore be connected to the water theme. But what net do you think he's talking about? It's the evil inclination. Hmm? Like he's talking about he's the evil inclination. Like I think that is what he's talking about, but he's talking about something very specific that's also called reshet in Hebrew. A type of net that you use every day. Internet? The internet. Oh. Right? Yeah. He's talk, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure that he's talking about. I didn't ask him, but, right? Lechudereshet, people who are, who are trapped by the net, meaning people who are trapped in this world of their own creation. What is the internet? Reshet, yeah. They call it, it's like a network. They call it internet, but, you know, it's reshet is like, uh, is a network. No, no, I think, he, I think he does in the sense that I think he's talking about how worlds of our own creation that, we th- that, we, that entrap us. Like, think about how people are so trapped by social media, how they have to present themselves, how they, oh, how they have to respond to each other, how they feel accountable to it. And, and, and feeling that you are in charge and responsible for everything, that you feel that you are the one who ultimately is the cause of everything that happens is a tremendous burden on you because it forces you to think that you're in control of more than you are, right? So I think these are all different ways we're trapped. We're trapped by our own illusion that we're in charge, but we're also trapped by the net, social net, okay? The, the social network or by the internet, right? And then he says, now look at what he says. To accept the black and white. With all the colors of the rainbow. Now that didn't dawn on me until later what, that, how that connects to the theme here. But if we go back to the first paragraph and we see that he talked about rain and water and wind and then what, what natural thing did he talk about after that? The sun. The sun. And what makes a rainbow? The reflection. The, what happens for, the, for a rainbow to be created after rain? 
this after, right? Then you get then you get the sun, right? So just like he was talking before about the rain giving way to the sun, now he's talking about Tevat Noach. And when did the rainbow figure very prominently in the story of Noach? Right? At the end. So after the story of Noach, when the sun shines again and there is a rainbow. Okay? So, and that's the beginning of like civilization as we know it, recreating itself. So he's using, he used the rain followed by the sun. Now he's doing it again. Rain being the thing that isolates us, uh, meaning inside the Teva, isolated Noach. And then sun and rainbow, which is the reconciliation, the new perspective, having a new perspective that we can start fresh. But he says, Now that has two meanings. Shachor lavan can of course mean racial harmony, right? Um, it also, especially in Israel, probably is a... Yeah. Yeah, the mix of what life brings, right? I think it's, ta- it's talking about tolerance, you know? It's saying like, you know, tolerating differences. There's also the religious implication of the shachor being the, the yeshivish people, the levan being the people who walk around the white outfits, you know? Like there's different religious flavors in Israel that I'm sure he's referring to also. And kol keshet, all of the different varieties, all of the different colors of the rainbow, meaning all the different kinds of people. That doesn't just refer to skin color. That means in all different ways, all the different sec- sectors of society, being able to accept them. And then look what he says. And, and of course, what, mi- what gives us the inspiration to feel that we should tolerate and accept and, and embrace all different human beings? That we all come from one father. We all come from Noah, ultimately, right? We all come from the same source. We all come from Noah. So it's the sense that we are all one. And he says, Mishnah, this is so funny, a lyric of a song, which is a citation of a source. Mishnah Avot Perek Gimel. It's the third Perek of, of Perkei Avot. Chaviv Adam Shinefra B'Tselem. If you learn Perkei Avot, you know that that's from Perkei Avot. It says that beloved is, is the human being, Shinefra B'Tselem, that he's created in the image of God. Okay? And it goes on after that. But that's, the, that's a citation. He even cites as a lyric in the song, the Mishnah of Perkei Avot, that a person is beloved because he's created in the image of God. What does that mean? That means all human beings, right? Because if you're talking about created in the image of God, that's not unique to religious people or irreligious or secular or whatever. It's not, really, it's not even exclusive to Jews versus Gentiles. It's everybody. He's saying human beings are created in the image of God. And by the way, that's also from the story of Noach. Because when Noach comes out of the Teva, after the rainbow, he sees the rainbow, Hashem tells him that the big difference that happened from the times of Adam to the time of Noah was that <coughs> Adam didn't really have laws. There was no civilization. There was no society. It was just individuals in the times of Adam. And that's why everything descended into chaos. Noah establishes cities and civilization and law and order and so on. And Hashem gives him, one of the laws Hashem gives Noah is the law against murder. The law against murder. And if you look in Bereshit, you will see, I'm sorry, not in Bereshit, in Parshat Noach, I mean in the book of Bereshit, in Parshat Noach, you will see that it says there, what's the reason why you must bring a murderer to justice? Ki bitzelem Elohim adam. Because Hashem made human beings in God's image. So therefore, every human life is of infinite value. And if you destroy it, you will have to be punished. Okay, so even the idea that, has, that a human being was created, B'Tselem Elohim, in the image of God, is in the story of Noah. 
And I don't think that that was lost on Yishai Rebo. I'm sure that he realized that as well. His songs are full of all these different kinds of allusions and references to uh, different texts. So he's telling you this I, that in addition to, once you let go of the idea that you are at the center of the universe and you are the master of the universe and feeling that we are the creators and we are the directors and we are the, we are the kings and queens of, of earth and we let go of that and recognize Hashem is the creator, we also lose another aspect of our illusion, which is that we have a right to judge, that we should be the ones to judge or to exclude, or to create divisions, or to categorize or classify, certainly in a negative way, other people. And that's why if you look what he says on the next page, if you have it, then he says, Open for us gates of hachala. Does anybody know what hachala is? It's a fancy word in Hebrew. It means inclusion or inclusiveness in Hebrew. Gates of beginning meaning with one another, that we would be able to look past the divisions that we create among people. If we really go back to the source and recognize Hashem is the source of everything and we're all created in the image of God, that's the most fundamental thing about any human being, about any individual, that they're created in the image of God. Anything else that creates divisions or separations or classifications or, 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 or different categories... All of that is a human invention, is what he's saying, right? So open for us, open for us the gates of being able to be more inclusive and to be able to begin again, meaning with each other, I assume, is what he's talking about, because he's talking about human interactions and human relations, right? So he's getting to this idea. Also notice the petachlanu. He keeps talking about opening. Okay, the idea of opening, meaning that we are closed in our perspective. Our perspective is too narrow, right? Our perspective is too narrow because we carve out the perspective that we want to see. But during the pandemic in particular, and I think it's especially, it's suited to Yamim Noraim, it's so well suited to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that when we take a step back from thinking that we are at the center of everything, when we wake up from that illusion, like the shofar is supposed to wake you up, and you see the big picture and you recognize the real cause and the real plan is way beyond any of us, then not, on, not only does it change, does it liberate you from the illusion that you are the master of the world, it also liberates you from the illusion that you're the judge of the world, that we should be judging one another, that we should have divisions and, uh, and conflict and war and struggle and jealousy and all of the other things that come between people that are human inventions, right? Because you take a step back. During the pandemic, we were able to see that. During the pandemic, we were able to see the big picture more clearly so that when we re-entered the world, we could come with a fresh perspective. In fact, there was one story, I mentioned it in one of my speeches last year, but there was a story during the pandemic about an Israeli singer, not one that we're going to be learning one of his songs, a very, very committed secular singer by the name of Aviv Geffen, who was very famous, very, very popular in Israel, but very secular. And to the point that he was anti-religious, very openly anti-religious for a long time. And during the pandemic, something very interesting happened was he gave a concert. I assume it was one of those, you know, Zoom concerts, you know, like what we're having back then. And... He mentioned in the concert, because I think at that time, the outbreak of COVID in 
Bnei Brak or something was very bad in like one of the very Haredi neighborhoods. And normally he, was, he had so much spite for religious people. Even at his own concerts, he would say things about the people who came, negative things about them. Okay? I'll tell you a story about that, but not on the recording. Okay? Um, that I heard from someone. He said some shout out to the people in Bnei Brak. And all of a sudden he started getting a million comments, I guess on his social media, from religious people thanking him for saying that for acknowledging them and like giving them positive wishes. And he said he stayed up to like four in the morning crying when he saw all these comments and it changed his life. Okay, he didn't become religious, but he totally changed his orientation towards religious people. He started doing like concerts with Avram Fried. He started going to religious areas on purpose and even settlements and stuff like that, that he has political, you know, politically would be not his thing, going there and doing concerts, meaning he really, it really changed his sense of like the brotherhood and sisterhood, I should say, of, um, you know, of, huma- of the Jewish people and of humanity. Like it really affected him because of that. So that was a positive, that's an actual real story of somebody who was able to step back because of the pandemic and look at the humanity of everyone. You know, so I think this is a this song to me. I love this song. I think it's a, it's a song that there's so much actual chokhmah in the song. I mean, when you really take it apart, you realize it's basically a poem, and it's a poem that is enriched with uh, Jewish references, references to Torah, references even to Mishnayot, to rabbinic literature, to Tehillim, and is uh, you know is infused with lessons and messages that can really resonate. I think when you listen to the song even casually, the message can resonate with you. But then when you sit down and you realize how much of an art and how much of a craft it is to put together a song like this and how actually it's, it's really a work of art. And, um, and then when you listen to it, now you'll be able to appreciate all of the different um, sort of... Um, Allusions, references, double meanings like Geshem and Ruach that he used. Or the idea of the rainbow definitely being a reference to the differences among people, but also being a reference to Noach and to rain and sun. The way he was able to tie all of that together, it's really a a work of art. So um, I hope that that will help you to appreciate the song more uh, next time you listen to it. Okay? We can do it at, maybe at the 